Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. And whether you've tuned in to elevate your mindset, your game, or just your day, you are in the right place. My guest this episode runs Own It Coaching. He has worked with several teams in the NHL, MLB, and much, much more. He's back from episode 130, just several episodes ago, to continue talking about developing holistic athletes. Welcome back to the Elevate Podcast, Justin Rothlingshofer. guest, but I am thrilled that you are one of those. And uh, uh, like I just kind of told you, listening to the podcast that we did uh, about a month, month and a half ago, um, you said so many great things. Uh, I wanted to come and dig into a few more of those. And I know we spent some time talking about heart rate variability and, and some science, and uh, I don't want to get away from that. But uh, I did want to, to get into some other things, if that is okay with you. Absolutely. Let's rock and roll. This has been, uh, this has been great, Tyler, and I, I appreciate it. So I, I look forward to digging in today. Yeah. And I think one of the things might've been, you know, some of the own, my own personal things as well, but one of the things that really stuck out to me was you said something about the healing process and making us whole. And we were talking about holistic athletes and then also, you know, what an integrated approach looks like in making us whole. And, uh, when I re-listened to the podcast, that just really had me a mind racing. And I wanted you to talk more about um, how do we become whole and why is it that that wholeness uh, that can lead to our better performances? So I love the question. It's it's loaded, right? It's loaded, big. super loaded. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a big answer. And so, and I'll try to, I'll try to reduce it down as best I can, but there's something I often say, which is he who is most vulnerable heals the quickest. And when you talk about healing, we all know that there's something inside of us that doesn't feel right, but oftentimes it's hard to pinpoint what it is. It could be that we're trying to lose weight and that's what it is. It could be that we don't know what it is we're truly being called to. It could be that we have an emotional scar from a ways back that we haven't been able to truly heal yet. And it's actually an infected wound that is just continually bleeding into everything else in our life. And it hasn't yet truly healed and thus scarred over. Yeah. But when I started to really get into what integrated holistic and all of these words actually meant... Often in this world, we hear things and we just put definitions to them, but never actually really know what they truly mean. Mm. And holistic, integrated, and healing are all ones that I put into this category. The definition, when you come back to it, of integrated means to make one, to bring together. The definition of holistic means everything, all. And the definition of health is the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional condition of a human being. Yeah. Now, when you think about that, it's like, oh, okay, that's that's neat. But where it starts to be like a mind-blown moment is when you look at the definition of heal. And it's to bring together, to make one, to make completeness, completeness, bring it all together. The exact same definition of integrated. 
But if you go back to how we operate in this world, nothing is treated altogether. You go to a strength and conditioning coach. He's like, I'm a holistic coach. I'm going to treat you functionally in an integrated way. Well, all you're doing is training them physically. You go to a nutritionist. I'm a holistically integrated nutritionist. I look at everything and bring it all together. Well, you're going to maybe take a test. You're going to give me some supplements and give me a meal plan. But yet you have no idea that emotionally, spiritually, and mentally, I'm absolutely bankrupt. Yeah. And we wonder why we've been on this diet or we've been on this exercise routine or we've been going to this therapist for two years and we still feel broken. We don't feel like we've healed. We don't feel like we've hit this stride of true healing because we haven't. Yeah. Because everything is being treated in a disintegrated way. And when we treat it in a disintegrated way, we disintegrate our health. And we continue to chip away, chip away, chip away, chip away, chip away at this rock that is supposed to be our foundation, but yet we don't have a foundation built of stone, but rather of just these chips away. And what does, what's, what's sand? Yeah. just chips away. Yeah. And so we've got our foundation built on sand, built on something that's not strong, built on something that's not solid. And we look in all of these different areas. We look to the Tony Robbins of the world. We look to motivational books. We look to just the the David Goggins of do hard things and be be a man and be a woman and like stand up. Yeah. No. Let's figure out what is inside. Let's figure out what that 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 fire is inside of us that's always been there, that's been burning, that's begging for attention, that wants to go from this little flame to this burning inferno so that we can step into what our purpose and our calling is and we heal along that journey. Yeah. Mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. It, it is not just one thing. It's all encompassing. Yeah. And that's what we have to understand. And that's what we have to buy into. And that's where we have to start. And the start is connecting spiritually to what matters, connecting spiritually to whose you are, not who you are and what your identity is and what desires have been put in you from a God-given sense and what your God-given purpose is. That's what that flame is. And the moment that we latch onto that and we succumb to that, we surrender to that, we obey to that, it's going to renew our mind. It's going to take us from thinking, oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, I'm not consistent enough. Oh, I'm not worthy enough. Oh, I'm not worth it to this is what I'm meant to do. This is what I'm supposed to do. This feels good because even though I'm not sure I can do it, I know that this is what I'm called for and I'm just being obedient. I'm not owning this job. I'm not owning this business. I'm not owning this relationship. I'm stewarding it. I'm just managing it. It releases the pressure, the pressure that typically poisons the, the, the heart, the emotions, which leaves us anxious, depressed, and in this space of, uh, of fear. And it heals the heart, which puts us in a space of motivation, confidence, and step into it powerfully, which finally brings us into the body and changes our habits, our behaviors, and our lifestyles, which put us into 
a sense of powerful habits. It's not just about going and doing a cold tub. It's not just about going and having a meditation routine. It's not just about going and journaling. It's not just about going to the gym. It's not just about going and running a race because you need to do something hard. No, it's about doing it because that's what you've been called to. And the only reason you know it is because you're in alignment spiritually, you're in alignment mentally, you're in alignment emotionally, and you finally get to an alignment physically. That, folks, is how you take a loaded question and start off with some fire. Um, <laughs> um, and thank you. No, you did a great job on unpacking it, I, I think, too. And I think a couple of things that popped out. One of them was also something that I kind of noted. You, you mentioned that, yeah, we get this ice tub, do this, do that journal, all good things. Do a lot of them myself, right? And I think um, there's also... You talked about consistency. And I, again, I'm going to jump to the Instagram social meme world, but you see a lot of great visual artists saying, you know, well, this is consistency. Well, this this pattern is also consistency. And, and so is this pattern is consistency. Um, can you talk about, you know, how you, you help athletes understand what consistent is for them and that it isn't always this pressure of seven days a week, two times a day, whatever that our culture likes to kind of build it up to be is more is the more is consistent, but consistent is consistent. What is I that? love the question. I, I love this question. And I'm actually, I'm fresh off a phone call with one of my pro athletes on literally this topic. And I'll go back to your initial point on this about all of these things are good. The cold tubs, the intermittent fasting, the uh, the workout routines, the night routines, these are all great. But it ends up turning into a grocery list for us. It ends up tipping into, oh, I just need to tick the boxes because that's what everybody's doing. Right. And there's a moment where it becomes a routine, tips over, and it becomes a superstition. And it actually controls you. It controls your ability of whether you're going to perform or whether you're not. It controls your ability, whether you're going to have a good day or whether you're not. It controls your ability to whether you're going to be a great mom or a great dad that day or whether you're not. And I actually just did a big YouTube piece on this where I actually said routines are making us weak. Routines are making us poor stewards of what we're meant to do. Why? Because it has become this grocery list that we are just checking off the boxes rather than doing something intentionally because we know that it's making us better. We know that it's growing us. We know that it's becoming great for us. And quite frankly, not yeah. every routine, not every action, not every thing is good for you all the time in all seasons of your life. Yeah. And in fact, consistency is not perfection. Consistency is being willing to try. Consistency is being willing to be obedient. Being consistent is willing to start. And so, what becomes the most consistent version of you is consistently reassessing whether what you're doing is working or whether it's not. Yeah. And if it's not, move on. So it's, uh... Find something new. Replace it. Because the only reason that you're doing the thing at the beginning to start with is to get you to become better. And oftentimes it's not the thing that you're doing that matters, but rather what the process of you doing the thing is going to get you to. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be just one thing. Yeah. 
Everything works, but what works for you? And when you figure that out, when you're willing to be obedient, when you're willing to listen, when you're willing to experiment, man, you take charge. You take a stand. You take ownership to be willing to steward what has been given to you. And that's when life changes. And that's when you catch fire. And I say this all the time. God doesn't set bushes on fire anymore. He sets people on fire. And by setting people on fire, you're able to go and set others ablaze as well. And what we need to do is we need to realize that we are just managing, just stewarding, just supervising our flame. And our sole responsibility is keeping that fire ablaze. And how we do that is through consistent analysis, consistent reassessment, consistent refining of what we're engaging in and making sure it's for a purpose, not because it's a grocery list. A lot of thoughts come up when you went through that because I think I, I, I felt this, uh, and I think also when you're helping others to try to develop good, healthy habits, right? And it becomes this laundry list. And then you're talking about, you know, mental skills and being mentally agile and being able to adapt. And um, I, I noticed once in a while when I didn't do one of those things on my list, how it could bother me and the irony in, in it sometimes. Well, I didn't get the, the cold exposure. I didn't get my workout in yet. Um, instead of being just able to adapt, you know, but always having to come back to that. And I think that was something I've learned about just the acceptance of rest and sometimes giving, Hey, it's okay. If you didn't do it today, uh, we're so critical on ourselves. And I think I, I've caught myself in that of you know, overly harsh grading or judging, but when I've been able to find space, how, how do you help people maybe when they are pushing, trying to do more, complete their lists or whatever, but you know, they need to create some space and rest. And we know it's so valuable. We talked about it a lot on the other podcast, but how do you help people realize that the value in that? So you talk about this and let's just say you did 99% really well and 1% off. It goes back to that, that consistency is not perfection. We're told so often, oh, if, you, if you're not hitting every single thing on there. You're not doing every single thing. You're not taking any steps forward. I'll tell you what, if you're consistent with something 90, 80, 75% of the time, you went a pretty good job. <laughs> and what it comes back to is, are you willing to continually reassess where you're at? We, we live in this world, we live in this perverse world, actually, of what we think consistency is. And it's this illusion of perfection. It's this, we ultimately create mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, physical health issues by putting this and projecting this level of perfectionism on other people because of judgments, because of expectations, because of this picture that social media paints in a very different way. Yeah. Rest is a weapon. Boredom is a killer. Wisdom is the discernment to know the difference between the two. Yeah. 
And when you're willing to lean into what you need today, being so in tune and being so connected, I, I, I don't want this to be lost on people as you're listening to this. The world tells us to take a bottom up approach. Attack, attack the body first, attack your habits, attack these things first. What are you needing to do? What do you think you need to do? What does this social media person tell you? What does this coach tell you? What does, what does that person tell you to do to look after your body from there? That's where it poisons the heart. That's where it starts to be like, mm, I'm anxious. I'm fearful. I only got 99% done. I didn't get the one. I'm not good enough that ultimately changes your mindset. I'm not good enough. I'm not consistent enough. I can't get there and disconnects you spiritually from what you're called to do from what that fire that was initially ignited within you to ultimately step into. And that's the world's way. It's the world's way. And it continues to dissociate where we're supposed to be and continues to disrupt this soul health that exists within us. And we never actually reach a place of true healthy integration, this true holistic health that we're searching for. And we're always on the go for something new. Conversely, if you take a top-down approach where you align spiritually, you understand what has turned that fire on inside of you and what turned the fire on inside of you now shifts your mindset to say, yes, I can do this. This is what I'm meant to do. I know I can do this, which alleviates the anxiety and then directs you into what actions and behaviors are meaningful for you today, meaningful for you for the season that you're in. What priorities do you have to take priority of in order to accomplish what said desire or calling you're being pushed towards because that's what you're supposed to steward in that season. Yeah. At this uh, book I'm reading made this point just wanted to share it with you i think because you're but it talked about how you know in the bible it talks about our daily bread right not yesterday's bread not tomorrow's bread not next week's bread not last year's bread but today's bread and that was just a powerful reminder to me because i think just as you were talking right like what is it what do i need today and i think just that's just something i've just kind of taken since i read it and just kind of stuck with me like you know, what today's bread is doesn't mean what tomorrow's bread is going to be either. Um, but when I kind of share that, that thought with you and pack it onto what you just said, how do we determine what our daily bread is? How do we, mm. how do we, uh, how do we become confident in knowing that today's bread isn't tomorrow's bread and that maybe they're related and maybe they're not. You're, you're so spot on. And there's, a scripture that says, when you ask for bread, God's not going to give you a rock. He's going to give you the seed. You may not get the bread today, but you're going to have a harvest tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself, but rather be so focused on what you're being called to now so that you give yourself and hear this, everybody on the other end. I, I just, I encourage you to dive in on this. Give yourself the opportunity to be obedient. We know that blessings come to those who are obedient. We know that growth comes to those who are obedient. We know that miracles happen to those that are obedient. We know that life just works for those who are obedient. But how many of us give us ourselves the opportunity to be obedient, to be still, yeah. to be open, to be aware, to be connected, 
oftentimes we're cutting off our sole opportunity to be obedient because we're just worried about doing. We're just worried about putting one foot in front of the other and getting that next thing ticked off the list and doing that next thing that Peter over there was doing or Frank over there was doing or Joe over there was doing because they found success in that. So that means I have to do that. And that means I need to add five more things to my list. And I just need to be busier and busier and busier. And I've got my schedule stacked from 8 a.m. in the morning until 10 p.m. at night. And I'm just going, going, going. And I wonder why I can't get forward in any way that I'm trying to get through because I haven't given myself the opportunity to be obedient. I haven't given my opportunity to be still. I haven't given my opportunity to connect spiritually. So mentally, emotionally, and physically, I'm in a disarrangement because I've taken the worldly approach of a bottom-up body, mind, heart, spirit, rather than the top-down. And when you give yourself the opportunity to be obedient, that's when everything changes. That's it. Oh, one of the things I kept wanting to bring back to is the, uh, I love how you emphasize the alignment. I think that's a, a big thing because when we have, uh, find ourselves, I think, becoming inconsistent or maybe undisciplined uh, of what we're trying to do, uh, often it is a little bit of misalignment. And we'll, as humans, you know, depending on who you are out there, I'm not always the best at taking care of my car. I'll hit stuff here in Colorado and I'll go a decent amount of time maybe before I have that alignment looked at. Um, yeah. But also I think, you know, using that kind of as analogy, um, sometimes we go too long without fixing things and getting our own self in alignment. Um, we'll tolerate more out of our car from ourselves sometimes. Um, so, we'll break down faster as humans. <laughs> I, I love the, I love the fact that you bring up vehicle because I'm going to tell two stories here. So the first story is um, my neighbor has a beautiful, beautiful car. And he's out there every Sunday, literally with a Q-tip and detailing the inner workings of all like the vents. And he's polishing the inside. He's waxing the outside. And he went away to the Bahamas for two weeks. And his sister with two kids came down from Minnesota. And uh, he said, yeah, use the house, use the car, no problem, just enjoy it. And he called me, he had, had to come back a couple of weeks early from, um, uh, from the Bahamas. And he goes, hey, Justin, can you pick me up and bring me back home? I said, yeah, no problem. So I went and picked him up. We drove back, dropped him off at his car. His car looked beautiful on the outside as it always does. And he goes to open the door and he opens the back door and the two kids had been sitting in the back. And there's clothes everywhere. There's crushed up crackers in the seats. There's sticky handprints all over the all over the glass. I'm like, bro, can I take a picture? And he's like, sure. I use this for a lot of my keynotes. And it's a great metaphor for challenging us of how many of us expect to operate like a high-powered sports car but yet the inside of our vehicle is an absolute disaster. It's not something that you could happily take somebody for a ride for. Yeah. It's not, you wouldn't want your best friend sitting in that car. You'd be embarrassed, but yet because we don't actually ever go inside, we actually don't ever come internal to know what the internal health is mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, but rather just what's on the outside 
it's no wonder we're in disarray. It's no wonder we're in this space. It's no wonder we're disconnected. It's no wonder we're out of alignment because we're expecting what's happening on the inside, not to bother what's on the outside, but actually that's not, that's, that's how it works. People compare us to, to cars all the time and they compare us to gas vehicles. We're not a gas vehicle. We're actually an electric vehicle. Yeah. I was up in, we only have one power source. I was up in North Texas driving a Tesla and I get into my car after I drove up and I'm coming back. I've got 36% on the little meter yeah, yeah. and I'm driving back to the, back to the airport. I knew I wasn't going to make it to the airport. I need to get to a supercharging station. And as I'm driving back, it's rerouting me because my battery's starting to drop down faster and faster and I'm not able to make it to the next charging station. So it's rerouting me to different ones. All of a sudden it said big red letters across. It said, not enough charge to get to the next one. Find a place to plug in. And little did I know, dum-dum had my phone charging, had the air conditioner blowing, had the screen brightness all the way up, had music playing out of it. Everything is pulling battery. Yeah. Not like in a gas vehicle where gas is just used to make the engine go and there's electricity and everything else to make everything else work. We are electric cars and everything that we're doing, conscious or unconscious, this conversation is pulling battery. Me breathing the crappy air in America and being and, and it having to filter it is pulling battery. Me having to be cognitively aware of what we're saying and being able to have conversation is pulling battery. Me being able to go work out is pulling battery. Me being able to take my dog to the vet and go for date night with my wife is pulling battery. But yet we forget to recharge it. We forget to go to the proper charging stations. We forget to put it in the place so that when we get up in the morning, we have 100% and we're not dealing with a 37% battery that won't get us to the destination that we want to. All while in the interior, it's in disarray. We have to come back to what's efficient. We have to come back to knowing what we do and why connecting spiritually so that everything else is in alignment. I love the uh, electric vehicle thinking there too. It's so it's so true. Um, we, we're not built for in-flight fueling. I know they can do that with airplanes, but um, as humans, yeah, you're exactly right. I wanted to, as we wrap this episode up, I wanted to go back to kind of the idea we talked about at the beginning uh, about healing and integration. And I think whether we're on a team or, you mentioned, you know, date night with your wife. I'm married as well. I think, you know, how does that play when it comes to relationships and being, you know, the best for your team or your spouse? Um, how do you integrate and heal to make each other better when maybe you feel like one person isn't feeling whole? It's a great question. And I think it comes back to that level of connection. And you have to realize that you in your relationship are not what makes the other person whole, but rather there's something else that that person's missing. And all you can do is love them. All you can do is support them. All you can do is communicate through them. And all you can do is help lead them in the direction that they need to go. I, I, I can speak for myself. I mean, 
through my entire life, I've had mental and emotional health issues. Um, the way the world would talk about it, right? I've, I've struggled with depression. I've struggled with anxiety. I, I've struggled with all of these things. And until I was able to truly realize that I need to be content and happy with who I am, I need to be so connected spiritually to the fire that God's birthed inside of me and that I just need to steward it and keep that stoked that there's no judgment on whether I'm good enough or whether I'm supposed to be there or whether I'm called to do this. If I have a conviction and I'm called to do something, man, that's where I'm going to put my time and energy because that's where I'm supposed to be. But so many of us don't give ourselves the opportunity to be obedient or even to understand what that is, that that's why we spend the, that spend forever searching. We spend forever searching for a cheap substitute. And oftentimes it comes at the expense of our spouse because we think, oh, I'll just get married or, oh, I'll just have kids or, oh, whatever. And that'll fill the void. But instead it's a fire that burns so deeply that we have to stoke it ourselves. We have to continue to keep being able to figure out what is that fire that's been lit and what do we need to become on fire for so that it can only, somebody else in our life is what I'm speaking of, it can only make it better, but it doesn't start it.